Hello gorgeous, welcome to another episode of Gala Loves Everything and this episode is about how to manifest your dream home and who doesn't want that. So this episode comes about because I moved into my new home yesterday. This is my very first podcast in the new house. I don't know if you can hear the slight echo in the room, but the energy in here is off the charts. I did High Vibe Honey this morning. It went off. I think it was one of my best High Vibe Honeys ever. And, um, you know, I like, I'm in here. I slept here last night and I'm like woke up and I'm off to the races, just feeling really good, ready to hit the ground running. And that's what happens when you manifest something and there's no like psychic or emotional drag on it, right? There's no worrying. There's no fretting about whether you've made the right decision. It's just a straight up leap into a new level. And if you want to know how to do that for yourself, you should definitely listen to my episode about super expanders, which I did last week. So here's the thing with manifesting your dream home. I asked you guys on Instagram if you had questions about how to manifest your dream home, and I got so much response. And obviously, everybody wants to live somewhere beautiful. And you know what is so interesting is... We think that the idea of living in a beautiful space is something that is only available to a select few, like the super wealthy or the 1%. But the truth is that everyone deserves to live somewhere beautiful. And that's something that is available to all of us. And you deserve to live in a space that you feel good about. You deserve to wake up in the morning and feel warm and safe and to enjoy your surroundings. And we all have our own idea of what that might look like, right? Like for some people, it's going to be a view of the ocean. For some people, they're going to be in the mountains. Some people just want to be in a room with lots of art on the wall. So you have the ability to create whatever you want. But the truth is that your environment massively impacts you. And so I think it's really important to put energy, aka money, into your space because it has a real return on investment. And sometimes we get into a a space about not feeling like we deserve the things that we want, not feeling like we deserve to spend the money. We may have the money, but we feel like we can't afford to slash deserve to spend the money on our home. But I really believe that putting money into your space, creating yourself a beautiful environment where you do feel good, you do feel supported, where you feel like your home is an expression of the love you have for yourself, that is really going to impact your life on a massive level. And I have been through so much change this year alone in terms of where I'm living. I moved from LA to Orange County in February and I now it's October and I've moved again. So this is like my second move within a year, my third place within a year. And I can tell you without question, without a shadow of a doubt, that being in a space that feels good quadruples your productivity, quadruples your abundance, quadruples your access to your own emotions and your, your like illumination of the truth about your own life. So these things really matter. But like I was saying, a lot of this stuff manifesting, especially comes down to deserving our desires. And this is something that needs to be cleaned up on an energetic level. If you have old stories about desire that are not helping you, that are holding you back, that are making you feel like, I don't deserve this, I'm not allowed to want this, it's not okay to want more, I should just be grateful for what I have, 
you absolutely should be grateful for what you have, but it's also okay to have gratitude in one hand and desire in the other. Just because you are grateful for something doesn't mean you can never evolve. Those two things go hand in hand. And so you have to start scrapping those old stories you have about desire or worthiness or deserving. And if you're not sure what those stories are, I want you to ask yourself, what messages did I get from my family when I said I wanted something? A lot of the time, our family told us, no, you don't need it. We can't afford that. It's not necessary. And what happens is that we start to internalize those stories. Those stories become our own unless we really check them and create new stories. So what we've happened, what we've managed to do really is we've internalized the idea that desire is dangerous, that desire leads to disappointment, and therefore desire must be diminished at all costs. And that makes for a very small miserable, dull, uneventful, unimpactful life. So if you're one of those people out there who's struggling with not knowing what you want, because there are so many people like that out there, and I've heard from so many of them, you probably had a childhood like this, where when you expressed desire, it was shot down for one reason or another. And look, honestly, In the vast majority of cases, your parents were probably trying to protect you or teach you a lesson or keep you safe or something like that. But, you know, we don't understand those things when we're hearing those messages when we're five or seven or 10 or even 15 years old. So we take that stuff on and we get this view of desire that's really warped and wrong. I believe that if there's a vision in your head, a desire for something that you want, The reason it was put in your head is so that you could bring it to fruition. It's literally why it was given to you, so you could make it happen. Otherwise, why would it have appeared in your head, right? And to dismiss those visions, to diminish that desire is really to disrespect your desire. And what happens when we disrespect our desire is it just drains away. It just fizzles out. It just dissipates into the ether and you start living like a zombie. And that's the time when you wake up when you're 50 or 40 or 30 and you're like, is this my life? I thought I was going to do these great things, but you're not in touch with how you feel about what you want. So your life lacks vim and passion and excitement. (sighs) There's a lot in there. I am aware, but High Vibe Honey today, the one I said was like the best session ever, was all about being deserving of your desires. And we let it all go. So if you have not joined us, you should definitely check that out. The link is bit.ly slash highvibehoney. And if you use the coupon code free month, you get a free month trial. And there's no obligation for you to stay with us, but most people do. I'm just saying. All right. Now, what else? Let's talk about manifesting this dream home for you. Number one, you're going to hate me for saying this but I'm going to tell you anyway. Patience is a fucking virtue. (laughs) There is a saying in A Course of Miracles which goes like this, those who are certain of the outcome can afford to wait and wait without anxiety. It is my favorite line from A Course in Miracles because I want to ask you this, when has rushing ever worked for you? Never, ever. When you rush is when you make mistakes. 
You rush when you're in a sense of desperation. You rush when you don't trust it. You rush when you're in a panic. And that is not when things work out for us. That is when we make mistakes. We jump at the wrong time. We sign something without looking at it. And then we are really up shit creek. So I want to remind you, patience is a virtue for a reason. So it doesn't mean you have to wait forever. It doesn't. But what it means is that your dream home or even your next step may not be available right now. And so I'm a really big advocate for making the absolute most of whatever your situation is right now. If you're renting right now and it's not perfect, make that shit special. You know, don't live out of boxes because you're waiting to move. Don't not hang your pictures and your art because you're like, well, it's not my forever home. Don't do that to yourself because you don't know how long you'll be where you are. So why not make it as good as you possibly can in the interim? And yeah, that might require you spending a little bit of money, right? But it's worth it because you wake up in this space every day. So it should feel good to you. Now let's talk about this idea of a forever home. I don't know that I believe in this idea, at least not for me. I am a super expander. I have a new vision of what I want all the time. Um, I just got this house. It has a three-car garage. It's already filled in my mind. I now need a bigger space. I signed a lease for a year. I think I'm going to have to leave in a year because, you know, so... If you, like me, are someone who likes to hop around, who gets excited about the next thing, who is always like growing, evolving, wanting more, doing more, where can I go? Where can I stay? What can I do? What can I create? How can my life be? Maybe you don't need a forever home. And maybe that idea is liberating for you. Maybe you could just look at these homes as like a step on your evolutionary path. I know this is not the house I'm going to live in for the rest of my life. It's lovely, but it's not my dream home but it's fantastic and it's a wonderful step up from where I was and I'm getting ready for something bigger and that feels really good to me. So hopefully that helps you. I want you to also be in this, this mode of like jumping before you think you're truly ready because readiness is a myth. People are like, I'm not ready to start a business. I'm not ready to have a baby. I'm not ready to get into a relationship. I'm not ready to get married. There's no such thing as being ready. There isn't. You're just stepping towards the thing all the time. And the more that you can act as if it's already yours, the faster it will come towards you. So for example, say you're renting right now and your place is not ideal. And you're like, oh, I really want my dream home. And your dream home feels really far away. I want you to act as if you have that home already. And by that, I mean, if you're this version of yourself, this future version of yourself who's living in this beautiful home, how does that person treat that home? Are you living out of boxes? Like I was saying, did you not hang your artwork? Like, you know, are there, are there like dents in the wall or there's places where like the paint needs to be fixed or maybe there's like, you know, a doors hanging off the hinges or something like, is that how you treat your dream home? No. Well, I hope not. I hope that you would treat your home, whatever your home is, with true love and respect because this home holds you. This home supports you. This home gives you what you need, right? So I really want you to think about loving your home where you are right now, even if it's not your dream situation and really pouring 
your attention and your energy into this home. There's so many ways to do this. I'm actually going to do a future episode on like setting the energetic tone of your home because it's really important. But I just want to start with that idea. And also, you know, when you act as if that dream home is yours and you pretend the home you're in right now is that home. Okay, well then how do you treat that home? You're going to treat it differently and you're going to feel different in the home. So, okay, let's start with the practical stuff when it comes to manifesting a dream home. And I'm speaking from the point of view of a renter. This market is insane right now, not um, something I am personally interested in buying in, but I think a lot of this can help everyone. So let's just start with these practical things. So point number one, I save my money like I'm a wild woman. Like, don't get it twisted. I love to spend my money, but I really love to save it. I get off on saving it, actually. I'm obsessed with it. Literally, one of my favorite daily actions is moving cash from my checking into my savings account. And once it's in there, I treat it like it's invisible, like I just threw it into a void and I can no longer touch it. Okay. I love that. It feels really good. And so why does this matter? It matters because if you're moving house, you need money available to make the jump and it might be at any moment. For example, I started looking for places about three, maybe four months ago. And there's so little inventory down here in Orange County that I knew that when I found what I wanted, I was going to have to jump on it. I knew I was going to have to like be ready to move. And you might be in that same situation too. So you, you know, moving house always costs money. No matter how many favors you pull in, it's always going to be something that has a cost to it. So get your fucking cash up, honey, and keep plenty in reserve. Don't be in that vibe of I made it, I got to spend it. I made it, I got to spend it. And you should definitely take cash money, honey, if you're stuck on this, because it will really help you to get past all of that scarcity stuff that is going on. So if you do this, if you start saving your money on a regular basis and making it like a regular action, you'll start to get to a point where saving feels really sexy and blowing your cash just feels less sexy. And remember, I mean, if you are buying a home and you want a loan or if you're renting and you have a landlord, they want to see plenty of proof that you got cash up the wazoo. Even if you're just renting, they need three months worth of bank statements. So you got to have your shit on point. Don't fuck around with this. This is your finances. It matters. I'm telling you, get your money right. The fucking world is your oyster. And that is not an exaggeration. So be on point with your shit. Be on point with your shit. All right. The second thing I did was I looked at properties online every single day. Like as soon as I started to get mildly interested in look at moving, I made with the looking. Oh, I was looky loo all day long, fucking re refreshing Zillow like a mad woman, looking around, looking for for rent notices on streets, everything. And I enjoyed the process. This is really important. When we are looking for something, but we're not enjoying the looking, do you think you're going to get what you want? No. If you're looking for housing, you're like, this fucking sucks. I hate moving. I hate doing this. What do you think you're calling in? Just like if you're on an online dating app and you're like, oh, these guys are the worst. What do you think you're going to get? 
just duds, just duds. So find out a way to make it fun to look and get rid of all that stuff about like moving's really stressful and really hard. I just moved. It was a fucking breeze straight up. And I love this. I hired a Christian moving company They're actually called mercy movers. I want to give them a shout out in orange County. They were incredible. I never knew Christian movers was a thing, but they are. And they were unbelievable. So happy. Anywho. So look at places every day, make it part of your routine and enjoy the process. The next thing I had non-negotiables about what I wanted. I wanted a view. I wanted outdoor space. I wanted a garage. I wanted a bathtub and I wanted a great closet. I also wanted a really nice kitchen. And a lot of those things that I wanted had really been demonstrated to me by my last place. And this is where the things that we don't want, quote unquote, in our lives become great teachers because the shitty relationship or the house that's not perfect really gives you so much clarity around what you want for next time. And so you can use that, but you have to have your non-negotiables. You have to know what really matters to you. So get that written down and just be honest with yourself. Like I need a bathtub. I need a bathtub. So I wasn't even looking at places that didn't have a bathtub. Just like I wasn't even looking at places that didn't have a garage. I was like, I'm not doing street parking. No, absolutely not. And I'm not doing no view because now that I've had it, I know how good it is. So I'm guessing I'm just going to have to pay for a view. And you and I know that's how it goes. The next thing, when I went to look at houses, I dressed for the occasion. This is not the day for sweats and slides as much as I love to wear that shit. Property is competitive, so don't bump yourself out of the running by looking like a schlub. This doesn't matter whether you're renting, buying, going to the bank, going to meet your landlord, whatever. Wear your nice things. You don't have to put on every piece of designer, everything you've ever owned, or all your most expensive things at one point, but just like look nice. Look like someone who is going to make the payments. Look like someone that, okay, think about it this way. If you were, if you owned a house and you put a huge amount of your income and your savings into it and somebody was coming to either rent it from you or um, buy it from you, who would you want to give it to? Do you want to give it to the person who looks like they don't take any pride in their appearance and looks like they just rolled out of bed and like this is a chore for them? Or do you want to give it to the person who's like, you know, bright eyed and bushy tailed and has their shit together? That's who I want to give my shit to. All right. Now let's talk about the metaphysical stuff because I know that's what you're really here for. Number one, I let my intuition guide me. So I felt out like what was the energy of the home? And a lot of this is beyond logic, right? It's just a feeling. It's a vibe. It's a, you know, being really in tune when you walk in, not listening to, you know, whatever my boyfriend was saying about it or what my parents might think about it or anything like that. I was just letting my own intuition talk to me about what was going to go on with this house. And I really asked myself, A, what's the energy of this home? And B, how is it going to feel when I come home to this place? So I visualized myself um, coming home from a trip where I had been traveling somewhere and I visualized myself rolling my suitcases in the front door, putting them down and then looking at the house and being like, how does it feel to be here? Would I be glad to be home or would I be like, this place is not it? And I felt really good about this one. 
The next thing that I thought about was really about anticipating the future. So as a super expander, you know, I outgrew my last place in eight months. So I had to think about whether this felt like a space that could hold me as I grew. So I asked myself, okay, what are future galas needs likely to be? Can this house evolve with me? Is there space to do something new here? Like, can I make a podcast room here? Is there room for a guest to stay over without sleeping on my couch? Is there enough garaging? Because God only knows what Le Poisson and I will do. And wouldn't you know, he bought us a new car the week I signed the lease. So I really wanted to not just think about what are my needs today, but what are my needs likely to be in three months, five months, a year's time? What am I going to need? Does this house have the space, the closets, the amenities, the, uh, you know, access to things that I'm going to want and need. And it's not just about the house itself. It's also about the location, right? So, um, is this going to work for walking my dog? Is there a juice place nearby? Is there a florist? Can I get a blowout of the road? Like what's going on? And thinking about what does my future look like in this house, in this location? Is it going to work for me? The next thing I really did was visualize my life in here. So I saw moi et le poisson, or is it le poisson et moi? I don't know how they do possessives in French. But anyway, I saw us drinking coffee together in the morning at the kitchen island. Uh, I saw his truck pulling into the driveway. I saw myself going out to the garage to see what he was fiddling with. I saw us enjoying the balcony and watching the sunsets. And I saw me, you know, getting ready in the bathroom and in the closet and then walking out into the main area and getting ready to like go out to dinner with him. So a lot of it was about what does my life look like in this space? And, you know, I talk a lot about your ideal future self, especially when it comes to style and what you're wearing. And if you're going to buy a piece of clothing, rather than being like, this is my pattern, like it's pink, I'll buy it, or it's always been my pattern. My, the question I ask myself these days is, does my ideal future self wear this? Or is this just like a relic from the past? Is this part of an old pattern, an old person that I am no longer? And so this is about, does your ideal future self live here? And how does she feel about it? Is she proud of it? Is she excited about it? Does it feel nourishing? Is she excited to show it to people? Another thing that I did, and this is, I mean, I personally find this important. It may not be important to you, but I like to do the numerology of my address. So the way you do that, you can Google it, but you just add the numbers of your address together until you basically condense them down to one number. You can Google it. It's really easy. And the number that your address is will tell you a lot about the energy of the home. So my house is a two and a two is a very powerful space for relationships and socializing and develop deeper connections with people like that. And that's really important to me. That's really something I want to work on. And so I definitely did the numerology of the home before I signed the lease. Um, the other thing that I like to do with a home is to map out a bagua grid, which is a feng shui practice, 
where basically there's a grid of nine squares. One, two, three, four, six. Yeah, nine squares. And you lay it over the blueprint of the house, essentially, and you figure out how did these different aspects of life overlay with the different areas of the house. And this one is beautiful. Like my relationship section is the bedroom. My creativity section is the office. Like the family area is the kitchen. Like it couldn't be more feng shui zingy. And that feels really good to me too. So there's just these little things, you know, that you can do to kind of just like feel out the energy of the space. And I think personally that that's really important to do. But with all of this being said, I truly think that one of the most important things that you can do is just start to believe and decide that you're worthy of all the things that you want. I would like look at people's homes on Instagram or on TV or something like that. And I would think, wow, it's such a beautiful home, you know, and then kind of be like, oh, I wish I had a home like that. And then really realize that the only thing stopping me from doing that was myself. There's no reason why I couldn't upgrade things dramatically. There's no reason why I couldn't reach for more in my life. I was the only person stopping me. And mostly I was stopping myself because I was like, oh, it's too expensive. Like it's not okay to spend that much money on this or that, blah, blah, blah. But you know what? The truth is that you make your own money and you get to do whatever you want with it. And if you make a quote unquote mistake with that, you can change your mind. You can do something different. You can learn from it and you can downsize if you want to, right? But for me, I just wanted to take the leap into something that felt bigger than I had ever allowed myself to have. And I can't tell you how good that feels. Now, this is not me saying that you should blow your budget, you know, go into overdraft or, you know, open a new credit card so that you can pay rent on something that's really stupid. Please don't do that. Please make responsible decisions. But I also think there's something very powerful about stretching yourself just a little bit. I tell this story all the time, but when I first moved to New York City in 2008, I had a West Village sublease. It was $2,500 a month. The shower was in the kitchen. The toilet was in the hallway. And I had to climb six flights of stairs to get there. And it was $2,500 a month because that's New York real estate. And it was a real stretch. I was not making that much money consistently at the time. But I decided I will sign this lease and I will figure it the fuck out. And I was like, well, I'm certainly not going to be homeless in New York City. And I'm certainly not going back to New Zealand to live with my parents. So I am just going to make this work. And that's exactly what I did. And for a lot of us, putting a little bit of pressure on ourselves is an amazing way to catapult us into the next level. And I really recommend putting, you know, considered pressure on yourself to encourage you to go bigger, to leap higher, to take that risk. Because until you do make that jump, until you do try that new thing, you're not really going to know what you're capable of. And that would be such a waste. So there you go. So anyway, I'm really happy with this home. I feel really good in it. And I just, I want that for everybody too. I think that everybody deserves to live in a space that they feel really good about. And so I hope that this has been helpful. Like I said, I received a lot of questions and this podcast episode is almost half an hour long. And I like to keep these 
you know, short and zesty. So the next episode will be me answering your questions about how to manifest your dream home. You asked me some really good questions. So stay tuned for that. It is coming so soon. And if this was helpful for you, I'd love for you to leave me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It makes me really happy. And also, if you have a bestie or a sister or someone who is trying to manifest their dream home and they are really struggling, then you might want to send this to them and share it with them and maybe it will give them a boost and help them realize that those things that they want are not so far away and definitely possible. I love you. I'll see you in the next episode. Mwah.